Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to another edition of Nats Nightly, sponsored by the District Sports page and federalbaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols and Tom Bridge from the District Sports page on the line coming to you after a disappointing 8-5 loss to the Cincinnati Reds in Great American Ballpark. Dave will start in the eighth inning. Nationals go in there 5-2. Matt Williams talked last week about Casey Jansen, kind of wanted him ready to go when he came back because he said he's going to have to hit the ground running. He's going to put him in tight spots. He does just that tonight. 5-4 lead at that point. I'm sorry, not 5-2. Gives up a double by Todd Frazier. That was just about a home run, but the North fan kind of miraculously pulled that one back over the wall. Doesn't get any better from that, though. Jay Bruce walks. Brian Pena singles. Marlon Bird lines out for the second out of the inning with the bases loaded, but Zach Kozar comes up. It's a long fly ball to center that the Nards fan can't catch. Two-run score there. They intentionally walked Skip Schumacher to get to Billy Hamilton. Two more on a Billy Hamilton single to right, eight to five at that point. What do you think of Matt Williams bringing Casey Jansen out a week off the DL? Not a lot of uh, innings under his belt going into this game this this season. Didn't look like he had it out there tonight. Got knocked around by the Reds, and they eventually come back to win it that inning, four-run eighth inning off of him. Yeah, there's a whole lot of things to talk about in that eighth inning. Um, I'll start off with some very broad general comments about Casey Jansen. Um, We talked about it the other night when he did his Houdini act and and, and did his job. Um, You know, his stuff is compromised. I mean, he has spent the last four or five years battling injury. He started off this season on the disabled list. He spent a lot of time last year on the disabled list. It's the reason that um, that Toronto uh, let him go as, as their closer because he just couldn't stay healthy anymore. And at this point in his career, accumulation of injury has robbed him of most of his stuff. He's always been, even when when he threw a little bit harder, he's always had his success um, as a control pitcher. He would mix his spots. He's never been a high strikeout guy. So now that his stuff is compromised and he's only throwing 86, 87 miles an hour, he has to be. He has to have his absolute pinpoint control to be able to be successful to beat major league hitters because his fastball is flat. It's not fast and it's flat, so it becomes batting practice. And if he's not hitting his exact spots, and that's what we saw today. I mean, even the outs were were loud, as they say, um, against him today. Um, The other point, there there are two other points that I want to get to. Um, Number one, the walk killed him. I mean, that's that right there. Um, you can't afford to, to give to give the base runners uh, when you're clinging to a one-run lead, um, especially after the previous batter almost hit a home run and, and your, your outfielder had to make just a sensational play to bring it back over the fence. Number two, Brian Pena hit a ground ball to first base, and he did, and Jansen failed to cover the bag. I mean, the, he's a veteran player. He's got to be there to make that play, and it gave Cincinnati an out, and then and then base hit, base hit, base hit, and all of a sudden you're down by three runs, and you've got the one of one of the two best closers in the game to come and finish you out the next inning. So it was just a compendium of errors by by Jansen in this one. Um, couldn't hit his spots, failed to play defense, um, and 
you know, and that's what you're going to get. Uh, it's unfortunate that, that the Nats got themselves to a point to be in position to win this game. Um, but, you know, sometimes you're the windshield and sometimes you're the bug, and today Jansen was the bug. Um, he had lefty-righty, lefty in the beginning of that inning, so bringing in a left-hander maybe not going to work because you had Todd Frazier, who's a home run machine, coming up there in the second. Uh, do you, what do you think about the decision to go with Casey Jansen, and do you think Matt Williams maybe should have pulled the plug after he loaded the bases or at least after the double by Cozart put the Reds ahead? Oh, I'd have pulled the plug. I mean, there are a couple of spots where I'd have pulled the plug on on, on uh, Jansen tonight, but I'm also not a major league ma- manager, so I mean, my opinion is <laughs> worth only what it's worth. Um, but you know, by the same, you know, this is the reason that there are questions about Matt Williams's bullpen management uh, are nights like this one, uh, and it's definitely frustrating for Nats fan to see somebody like Jansen get left out there, you know, hung out to dry. So, uh, you know, just one of those places where it's you, you got to start asking questions. Why you leave him out there after uh, you, you, after he walks the guy and then gives up the double uh, that Span manages to pull back in? I mean, let's be honest. Denard Span was, was the reason that there were two – I mean, that that, that wasn't a two-run homer right there. Um, and that, that was absolutely a ridiculous, ridiculous play. I mean, just completely insane. And if that doesn't lead off SportsCenter, they're doing it wrong. But to leave him out there as Jansen is clearly struggling, uh, clearly losing focus. I mean, that's that, that's what happens when you don't cover your bag like that. He was not focused on what was happening. So, um, you know, definitely one of those places where, um, you know, they're, they're suffering out there. So it's, why you don't go get him there when the bullpen's as rested as it generally is, Taylor Jordan aside, I, I, it, it boggles my mind. The Nationals took a 5-2 lead in the top of the sixth inning. This is the first place where fans started uh, on Twitter at least questioning Matt Williams. In the process of taking the lead there, though, Michael Taylor hits a three-run home run to put him up 5-2. Next at bat, Rysel Iglesias hits Gio Gonzalez for the second time tonight on the elbow, left elbow, unfortunately, this time, too. Matt Williams sends him back out for the sixth, though, after that. Walks uh, Joey Votto, gives up a ground rule double by Todd Frazier. Gets a ground out from Jay Bruce, but a run comes in there. Brian Pena singles, soft line drive to the left. Another run scores, 5-4 to four at that point. He finally pulls the plug on Gio after he got hit by a pitch, looked uncomfortable in those first two at-bats. A lot of people were calling for Matt Williams to go to the pen at that point, but he stuck with the lefty and ended up costing them two runs there. Yeah, you know, I'm sure the pitcher said that he was fine. He threw a warm-up pitch and said he was okay. Um, but uh, pitcher gets hit on his pitching elbow. Um, I don't send him back out for the next inning. And 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 by the way, um, you know, coincidence that your starting pitcher gets hit twice the the day after you take umbrage at, at Bryce Harper barking at the pitcher after he drills him in the middle of the back. I don't think so. Um, you know, this is clearly a case where Cincinnati's trying to play. You know, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes now, old school baseball, and and it's just <laughs> stupid baseball. I mean, obviously. Um, obviously they meant to hit Harper last night. Obviously they were throwing it at Geo today. Um, you know, and, and but this is a thing that that um, that has either plagued the Nats or frustrated you, depending on how you how you look at it. Um, the last few years is that they don't buy into this game. Uh, you know, I know that you have uh, um, espoused you know beating them on the field, and and it looked like um, you know courtesy of Michael Taylor's home run that they were going to do just that. But you know, your pitcher gets hit twice on the same day. 
um, somebody's got to get hit the next inning, and the Nets just didn't do it. And I think that's part of the, um, you know, part of part of the attitudinal process, if you will, is that the Nets don't don't play into those type of games. And I think it has, um, you know, a, a subconscious. Uh, I think I think it plays into the subconscious a little bit that that they're not. Um, Either they're not being instructed to participate in it, or, or they're as a collective not doing it either. It's just it, it's a, it's a little frustrating to see your guys get hit time after time again, and nobody does anything about it. Tom, I got into a few into it with a few people on Twitter today, arguing that an eye for an eye leaves everyone blind, basically, and you don't do anything if you want revenge. You wait until you have a chance to do it when it's not going to affect the game, but. The Reds hit by pitches definitely affected the game last night uh, and this morning when Bryce Harper was unable to meet the bell today. He ends up getting scratched with back tightness, a problem with his back after he got drilled with a 93-mile-an-hour fastball. Probably not too surprising there. Gio Gonzalez takes the two hit by pitches, on one on the elbow. Just really, that second one was more egregious than the first, I think. I think he just lost the first one on a bunt trying to pitch him inside, but... That second one, after a home run, it has all the hallmarks of a possible intentional hit-by-pitch, yeah. but Nationals don't respond. What do you think of the Nats not responding and what the Reds have done in these first two games? So let's talk, before before we get into what the response should be, let's remind ourselves who we're facing here. We're facing the guy, the, the manager of the Reds, who unleashed a torrent of profanity at a reporter for doing his job. <laughs> I mean, a ridiculous fire hose of profanity for a guy who was actually doing his job and reporting his job. And Brian Price was magically surprised that he didn't work for the ball club. Let's also remember who the third base coach is for the, for the, for the Reds. Jim Riggleman. <laughs> Jim Riggleman, who quit the baseball team for the Nationals in the middle of a season after a three-game winning streak because he didn't get his way in negotiating with, Jim, with Mike Rizzo. So let's remind ourselves that we're dealing with a club that employs these two morally bankrupt individuals. Um, so that all being said, I, you know, it, it, do you throw it? Do you, do you strike back? Yes, you strike well, back. Don't you think, you strike don't you back think when Gio it makes sense up, to do it. Yeah, don't you think Joe takes up for himself there and drills the next guy after he gets hit? I, well, and that's what a, I didn't I mean, why does, why does he have if, to be told to do that? Yeah, and I, I was going to say, I, I don't understand where that where, where that went wrong. Um, and, you know, if I'm Geo, you may, you, you may just, you know, peg a guy right in the bum uh, and, and and just, you know, get it done with. Um, yeah. But by the same he's, he's token, close ball, close, close ball game, close ball game, you don't want to give up any unnecessary runners. Of course, he walks Joey Votto to, walk to, him start, anyway. to start the six anyway. So you might as well have hit him at that point, and at least you feel better. And you bring up some spark. And, you know, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they're just trying to avoid suspensions. They're trying to avoid escalations. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see somebody get hit tomorrow. Yeah, you're missing two starters at this point with uh, Doug Fister and now Steven Strasburg well, on the 15 day DL, which we'll get to in a minute. Well, so maybe not, maybe not well, the best idea to put some. <laughs> Dave, uh, I don't know. <sighs> 
My first real good look at Rizel Iglesias, 25-year-old Cuban-born righty, signed seven-year, $25 million deal last season, 425 ERA, 274 FIP, 8.05 K per nine, and 19 innings pitch going into this game, but lefties crushing him, 286, 388, 381, 182, 235, 344 versus righties. Put together a decent start, five and two-thirds, nine hits, five runs, three of them came on that. Michael Taylor home run late in the game, but eight Ks on the day, one home run allowed, over 100 pitches. A nice outing by this young kid who looks like a talented young 25, not exactly young, but young in uh, experience and looked decent out there on the mound today. A nice fastball slider when he could command it and didn't leave it up like he did to Taylor, but looks like they got a talented kid here in Cincinnati. Yeah, a lot of people wanted him when uh, when he became available. At Cincinnati were, um, were the ones to be able to win the, the – um, the negotiating for him. I mean, he is a talented kid. I mean, he's, he's got a good couple of good pitches. Um, obviously, he's a, he's a strikeout pitcher. Um, you mentioned that he's having trouble with lefties at this point, and I'm sure that's something that uh, um, you know that they're going to going to work on him uh, in adjusting to you know major league baseball game as opposed to the to the Cuban league. But um, but yeah, no, he's he's got a good future. Um, you know, the Reds have have a couple of decent parts, but right now. Um, you know, up until this series, they've just been playing horribly. So um, it's really kind of a um, uh, missed opportunity for the Nats here, having lost this series now um, against a team that was struggling so much coming in. But Iglesias, good-looking young pitcher. Hey, uh, Tom, I'm sorry. Big blow for the Nationals tonight came in the sixth inning. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman called out on strikes, but Clint Robinson singles with one out. Danny Espinosa singles on one that almost went out for, with two down, puts two on in front of Michael Taylor. Once again, the kid comes through, absolutely crushes a hanging blank slider that uh, Iglesias threw him, bounces it off the facade of the second deck there. Three-run blast, his fourth of the season. We know Jason Worth's not going to be back for a while. Uh, Matt Williams said he's still going to kind of switch things up out there in left field and was going to before Bryce Harper was scratched. Michael Taylor's out there again really comes through with a big hit for the Nationals and put them up 5-2 to two at that point, and they're going to need Taylor to produce like this if Worth's going to be out for an extended period as he is. Well, they definitely are going to need him to produce like the, like he produced today, but you know, prior to that home run, I think he was 2-for-31 after his grand slam in Houston. So it's yeah. not like uh, – maybe and maybe that's a place where he's not playing every day, uh, or at least until recently, uh, and isn't producing because of that. So, you know, you hope that the guy can get some at-bats. You hope that he can, you know, develop himself into uh, a, a rhythm uh, at the plate. And I think that's where, you know, he really kind of shook into it. That was a great at-bat for him. He really struck – he really worked on Iglesias and made him throw the ball, throw that pitch. And, it, you know, as, as – as they started to see Iglesias fall apart around the seams there, which, you know, you, you see on the very next pitch when he just drills Gio, um, you know, Taylor just waited for that good one. And boy, did he hit that ball a ton. It was off the scoreboard off the, on the face of the second deck. That was a real nice yard shot for uh, Michael A. Taylor or Michael A. Plus Taylor when, uh, uh, <laughs> when he does things like that. Dave, just talking about the approach there really quickly, Matt, like you mentioned, uh, Tom mentioned, Taylor looked kind of lost at the plate before that. Two for three, two, uh, 0 for 3 with two Ks going into that. Looked really bad in two of those at-bats, too. Took a fastball for a cold strike three and one. But what are they doing throwing him a slider there in that situation and leaving one up to hang, hanging up for him nonetheless? But you're fooling him with the fastball all day. Why even go to the breaking ball at that point? Yeah, you're just trying to be smarter than, than you need to be there. Um, you know, Taylor's going to be uh, um, an all-or-nothing guy this this year. You know, he's he's 
um, you know, seeing Major League at bats uh, on a regular basis for the first time in his life. So, um, you know, he's still going to be a work in progress, and you're going to have um, you're going to see a lot of strikeouts there. And, and and really, the Reds kind of did him a favor there by, um, you know, by speeding his bat up by throwing him the slider, and not a particularly good one at that point either. I'm just reading here on Twitter. Bryce Harper said back is pretty sore, a bone bruise type of thing. When he swung, he felt it. Doesn't want to alter mechanics before it, so it might not be, even be back tomorrow. The other bad news is that ICOM is kind of expected, I assume, after what we all saw last night, Strasburg to the 15-day DL. Taylor Hill comes up for today. He's supposedly going to work out of the back of the pen. I'm assuming A.J. Cole is going to come up and make the next start in Strasburg's place in four days, but Taylor Hill up now. They got to figure out what's wrong with Steven Strasburg and get him right. Make sure that this isn't a bigger issue than they think it is right now, and pretty much make sure that he's back at being Steven Strasburg before they even think about it, bringing him back on the mound in the major leagues. In my opinion. Well, my worry is that they're going to rush the whole process and that they're going to give him you know, that, that if, through this 15-day process, they're not going to arrest him enough uh, to make sure that he's through whatever physiological issue he's working through right now. Um, the body is one big interconnected system. Um, and if it, if they're saying that it's a back issue caused by an IT band issue caused by an ankle issue, you've got to isolate those systems and strengthen those systems individually before you can really expect him to throw a ball 95 miles an hour. So my, I'm honestly out of the best situation for, in my opinion, the best way to handle this. And of course, let's, let's caveat that to hell by saying that I have no sports medicine background is to um, <laughs> take him out through the, take him out through the all-star break. And you can, you can operate without Strasburg, especially if Strasburg's going to be playing badly. You can operate without Strasburg through the all-star break and you can give him time to rest you can give them time to work and, and work out the issues that they're seeing and then, you know, give them two weeks in uh, in Syracuse to just annihilate batters down there and work up his confidence. And, you know, bring it back after the All-Star break. You get a brand-new pitcher at that point, and I, that's probably that, that's probably the most cautious anybody's going to be. Uh, but I, I really hope that the Nationals don't rush him back into production. Dave, you have to assume at this point, the last question before we get out of here and let you get back to what you're supposed to be doing, uh, the way Strasburg's been pitching, you, you assume at this point Taylor Jordan or A.J. Cole, who I'm kind of hoping they bring up and make the starts in Strasburg's place, can produce what Strasburg has or probably better than what Strasburg's been giving them so far this year. Well, yeah, I think that's the point. I mean, Strasburg's pitched to a six-and-a-half ERA or whatever over his first eight, eight or ten starts, so you know, whoever they bring up, they're not going to be any worse. You know, that, the, the the whole thing there is, um, you know, you'd kind of like to see it be A.J. Cole just so that he gets um, some regular experience in the big leagues because, you know, he's a guy that you're counting on in the future. I don't think Taylor Jordan or Taylor Hill or any other Taylor um, really are part of the long-range plans. Um, but, I, you know, I, I tend to, uh, to agree with Tom here. Um, you don't need Steven Strasburg in June. You need him in September and October. So, um, shut him down for as long as it takes to get him absolutely feeling 100% with the ankle, with the back, with the neck, with whatever else might be bothering him, um, and then get him back healthy for the second half of the season. Just looking over my notes, I'll just mention that UNL Escobar avoids getting a knucklehead mention because we ran out of time, but getting yourself tossed when you're already one man oh. down on the bench on a cold strike is a knucklehead move, to put it nicely. But Thoroughly stupid. That's dropping eight five decisions after second straight in Cincinnati. Try to salvage one tomorrow afternoon. 
the series finale in Great American Ballpark, 28-21 and 21 on the year after two straight losses. Nats Nightly, sponsored by the District Sports page in Federal Baseball, at Nationals DSP for Dave Nichols on Twitter, at Tom Bridge for Tom Bridge from the National District Sports page. I'm Patrick from Federal Baseball. We are going to do other things with the rest of our night. See you guys tomorrow. Night, everybody. Dog guy says go Nats. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.